Hello, all you cinephiles, cinefreaks, and cinemaniacs. Welcome to another episode of Cinema Smackdown. Smackdown. My name is Tyler. And I'm Greg. And we are obsessed with movies. That's right. We're so obsessed that we made our own podcast. We take two similar movies and we pit them against each other in a fight for ultimate glory. glory. Two films enter and two films leave, but... In the meantime, we'll desperately try to answer the question, which one's better? And today we have the Battle of the Hitchcock. A technicolor romance thriller versus a black and white horror thriller. A reincarnated lover versus a reincarnated mother. Dizzying ledges versus bloody showers. That's right, it's Vertigo versus Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okie dokie, artichoke. Vertigo versus Psycho. We're going back to the past, what baby. That? What was that okie dokie, artichoke? I just was ready. I'm ready. I loved it. <laughs> okie dokie, artichoke. caught me off guard. <laughs> All right. Vertigo versus Psycho. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's start with Vertigo, shall we? The one sure. that came out first. Yeah. So Vertigo follows an acrophobic detective. Acrophobia, by the way, means fear of heights. Ooh. Yes. I have arachnophobia. Oh, wow. Almost you know what that is? Spiders. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And this detective is asked to follow his friend's wife. This voyeuristic journey leads to him becoming just dangerously obsessed with a hauntingly beautiful woman. Twice. Whoa. Um, so that opening title sequence. Let's start with that. Let's start with the beginning of the movie, the opening title sequence. Yeah. This is the first computer-generated animation in cinema history. Wait, really? Computer-generated. Uh, that was made on a computer? It's a computer from World War II, as I understand it, for like a Gatling gun to be on a perfect rotation, a perfect spiral. Oh. And they used that computing technology somehow to like put a stencil down the Saul Bass, the guy that designs these title sequences, he went to a computer for the first time ever. This is, you know, we wouldn't have Toy Story if it wasn't for Vertigo. Man, that's just Hitchcock's genius is that, like, go big or go home. Yeah. Always. An example of that, the person who came up with the famous Dolly Zoom shot that is pioneered in this movie. Which was Hitchcock. This movie, a Hitchcock movie, is the first time it ever happened, but it was actually... His second unit cameraman, Erwin Roberts. Well, so, what a dick. I just, guy. I just want to give a little bit of credit there because Erwin Roberts is kind of an overlooked person. This is the guy that came up with a camera technique that we see in Jaws, Lord of the Rings, yeah, Pulp Fiction. It is in everything now. And it started with Vertigo. It is essentially zooming in while you're pulling back on the dolly. So the camera is physically moving away, but zooming in while it does it. The magic of filmmaking. Well, let's uh, let's get to Psycho, yeah, shall let's, we? Yeah, let's talk about Psycho. Let's jump two years ahead from 1958's Vertigo to 1960's Psycho. All right, so Psycho is about a Phoenix secretary embezzling $40,000, or based on today's inflation, that's $351,000, from her employer's client, goes on the run, and checks into a remote motel, run by a young man under the domination of his mother. 
Well, you know what I want to know? I want to know some fun facts about Psycho. About the Psycho? All right. So uh, the novel was based on the murderer Ed Gein. Mm. Uh, Gein had a, a domineering mother to whom he kept a shrine and dressed in women's clothes. He actually uh, took skin from women and wore it to make him look more like a woman. Oh, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty brutal murder case. Um, last fact, um, so Janet Lee, mm-hmm. she wasn't bothered by the filming of the famous shower scene. It wasn't really a big deal. But when she saw it on screen, it profoundly moved her. Oh. And she never again took a shower. Gross. She bathed. <laughs> <laughs> she took a bath. She only took baths. She never took a shower until the day she died. Oh my god! Well, baths are a little bit grosser than showers, anyway. Yeah, so you're just I don't, bathing in I'm your not gonna, dirty filth. I'm not going to fully retract my gross. That's still a little gross. But like, it, it was that big of an impact for her the way that 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 scene was cut. Yeah, because it, even like seeing murder, it's like this was pretty graphic for its time, right? All yeah, the but blood there, and... there's very minimal blood, and in the shower scene, you never see that knife go into her. It's much more hidden in that you know you're seeing it in the shots. I think what makes Psycho so damn scary, part of it, is so much that we don't know about Norman Bates. And what's interesting, when you compare Jimmy Stewart's story and arc in Vertigo to Norman Bates in Psycho, is in Vertigo, we see a man change. We see a seemingly good man go through a pretty gradual but drastic journey to become a monster we have Jimmy Stewart turning into the monster before our very eyes. Yes, but I think that it's it's more of a literal turn in that we are going from Marion Crane to Norman Bates. So you have that same switch that happens in Vertigo with Jimmy Stewart becoming the good guy and then becoming the bad guy. Mm-hmm. But it's a different character yeah. in Psycho. You have Crane turning into now we're focusing on Norman Bates. It's so hard to choose which one is better because they just like... The things that, like, Vertigo does so well with colors, and obviously you can't expect Psycho to do that because it's black and white, but what Vertigo does with colors, Psycho does with shadows. So And and shot placement in Psycho. You're seeing different shots where, you. yeah, you're right, Vertigo uses color in the most insane way, whether it be the stale green, that's Mm -hmm. like a resurrection kind of uh, thing, the vibrant colors when he first sees her. Yeah, yeah. uh, With all the flowers. And Ernie's, which is all red. And we see that a couple times in the movie where there's just moments where colors are just so vibrant. And that's not even getting into the the dream sequence or the opening title sequence. Now I'm just thinking about this. so amazing. Do you think that maybe she's in a gray suit because her character is in the gray area? I think so. Yeah, there was a lot of controversy over that gray suit apparently kim novak didn't want to wear it because supposedly blondes don't look good in gray which i don't agree i don't agree with at all especially when you're kim novak you look good in everything yeah (laughs) maybe not brunette her brunette she's clearly a wig you know hitchcock always loved to manipulate and control these women in his movies and control every aspect of their performance and how they look and how they behave which is exactly what Jimmy Stewart is doing in this movie. I think that's why so many film buffs love this as the ultimate Hitchcock movie because it is kind of the most Hitchcock in terms of just like his own personal weird fetishes. Case in point, uh, Vera Miles, who is in Psycho, was supposed to be uh, Kim Novak's part, Mm -hmm. but she got pregnant and he was very upset that she got pregnant. And he said, I was going to make her a star. And it's, it's like this instance of him like wanting to control 
and and manipulate this person's career. And what's even more interesting about that is he was already getting ready to replace Vera Miles before she got pregnant anyway because she wasn't letting him control her enough. Whoa. Never put baby Hitchcock Never in a corner. Never put baby Hitchcock in a corner. <laughs> and with that, I think uh, we need to decide which one. Now that we've talked a little bit about both, I mean, you're you're going psycho, right? I I know because you're the I horror have, guy. I have to go psycho. You're the horror guy. I'm a horror guy, and and I just I I like that it's a little bit more energized than Vertigo, and I know Vertigo is great, and it's a slow burn. I, I, I will I will say yes, it is very slow pacing, particularly in the first half of the movie. Do not watch it at eleven at night. Right. Don't watch it if you're sleepy. Like. Psycho, I think, is very good at feeling very modern in its pacing, and it kind of clips yeah. along pretty fast for a movie from 1960, whereas Vertigo is a slow burn, and you have to not put your phone away, lock it in a safe somewhere, just <laughs> you're gonna trust miss, this movie, because honestly, it's worth the slow burn in Vertigo. I want to talk about that, though, because I think both these movies have one fault in each of them. In Psycho, it's the explanation at the end of the movie, but in Vertigo... And Hitchcock has actually said this himself. He says there's a hole in the movie. And it's that Gavin does not know that Jimmy Stewart has vertigo. He doesn't. So how would he know that he would not go up to the tower? But this is Hitchcock saying this. He says he never says it in any any explanation of the conversation. He never talks about it. So how does he know that he would not go up the bell tower and find that murder happening? It's not far-fetched to believe that... Off screen, Jimmy Stewart tells Gavin Elster that he sure, has vertigo. But it doesn't happen on screen, and Hitchcock is upset that he never right. added that in. But I don't think it matters, frankly. I don't think it matters. I think we can either just assume that he does know he has vertigo, or just go along with the dreamlike quality of the movie and feel just as bewildered and confused and kind of obsessive about the movie itself as Jimmy Stewart is about Kim Novak. Yeah, and even in this movie. even Scorsese has said that he doesn't take this movie ever literally. Yeah, it's it's a fantasy. This movie is a fantasy it is. film. It, it's a, it's a, it's almost like a cautionary tale of yes. of male fantasy, of yes. male obsession, of of male, you know, control. Yes, you know, it is a fantasy, and I think that you can get away with those plot holes in fantasy. And I think I agree with you. Hitchcock is a little hard on himself. He was always so hard on himself that when when Spielberg hit the scene and Spielberg made Jaws, Spielberg really, really wanted to meet Hitchcock. And Hitchcock was embarrassed. He didn't think he was good enough to meet Spielberg. Spielberg had only really made one huge movie at this point. But Hitchcock was so hard on himself that he refused to meet Spielberg because he didn't think he was worthy. It's it's sad. That is sad. It's sad because, you know, this is a man who had made, at this point, hundreds of movies. And and Spielberg had made, like, two. And And the majority of those movies are excellent. Yeah, and Hitchcock is still one of the best in the world. I mean, like... And if Spielberg keeps making movies... His ratio of good to bad is not going to be that great. Yeah, he's he's dangerously approaching or already approached 50-50 in terms of good to bad on yeah. the Spielberg scale. Um, but <laughs> the Spielberg scale. The sp- on the Spielberg scale. Very scientific method. But yeah, all right. So I don't know. I, I guess I have to decide. I can't. It's, it sounds like you're leaning towards Vertigo. Can I say a tie or is that cowardly? Is that uh... – I think the thinking man in me, the, the adult critical thinker, Wants to go Vertigo, whereas the fun moviegoer in me wants to go Psycho. But if I have to choose, God damn it! 
there's a gun to your head, and you need to say one of these movies, and if you don't, I'm gonna shoot you. I I will say Vertigo. You would. <laughs> um, but tomorrow I'll probably say Psycho. I don't know. I really don't know. They're pretty equally uh, incredible. You know, because for different reasons. I think there's only one minor fault in each movie. You mentioned the one in Psycho where there's kind of a tacked on explanation at the end, which felt unnecessary and very yes. spoon fed to the audience. And I think that for as slow and dreamlike and as, as much of a great slow burn as Vertigo is, there is kind of a early middle section that you drags could, you could say bit. drags a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I don't think it's just by modern movie going standard it's actually funny to read the reviews from 1958 that were against vertigo because they sound so contemporary being like this movie's over melodramatic this movie's boring this movie it can be it rides a fine line it is dangerously close to melodrama i will admit um but it somehow works in a way you know i I think think that sometimes movies like that and hitchcock is able to pull that off in certain movies he does ride the line of melodrama. Which is interesting because we're, works. Ta- we're talking about a movie that is very, again, fantasy and very much like on that cusp of melodrama. And then we have a movie that is extremely grounded. Yeah. And, and is very like dark yeah. and seedy. So th- these movies are completely different in tone and everything. It makes sense that you would go okay. Vertigo today, Psycho tomorrow. I, I'm now, I'm going to be more decisive about it. I'm going to go Vertigo only because. You have seen it once. <laughs> no, no, I know. I I am going to go Vertigo only because I will say that Vertigo trusts its audience just a smidge more than Psycho does. That it, especially when I think of so that, just because of that one scene, pretty much. I mean, really, because these, even though there's an amazing monologue right after it, it, these movies are so damn near perfect that I can really only find one minor fault in each, and I think it's it's just a little bit more trusting. And then Psycho, just by a hair. Even though we see the murder happen through her lenses, like, we we are spoon-fed. But that's an explanation that had to have happened. If that had not happened, if this scene of, of realizing that Judy was playing Madeline the whole time, we would think that she's just some lady that Jimmy Stewart found that kind of looks like her. But I don't agree with you. I think that you know that's Kim Novak. I did not. I, but I most people I feel like would. I don't. I did. I disagree. I hard disagree. Especially, I knew it was Kim especially Novak. for people our age or younger, younger generations who don't instantly recognize Kim Novak as a star. I don't know many other movies that she's been in because I am a younger person that watches more you know, I knew newer movies. I immediately that that was her. I had no idea. That's why I was so taken aback by this twist. I had no idea that was Kim Novak. I thought it was a totally different actress. And maybe that's why it's a they, little bit different. The way she speaks differently, she walks differently. I mean, she's an incredible actress, Kim Novak. I had no idea that that was Kim Novak, and I would not have known. And it, it wouldn't. I needed that explanation. Whereas in Psycho, but you you know when she changes, correct? When Jimmy Stewart starts piecing it together is when I was piecing it together. That's what's so great about this movie. I was on the exact same step along the journey as Jimmy was the whole time. When he was bewildered, I was bewildered. When he started figuring out what was going on, I started figuring out what was going on. Well, I think that's the fault in that you had never seen this movie and you've seen Psycho. Right. However, the first time I had seen Psycho, granted, I was a child, but I didn't know the twist in that either. I was taking... And by the way, both of these twists caught me completely off guard. One was yesterday... (laughs) <laughs> and one was 20 years ago when yeah. I first saw Psycho. But 
You know what? Uh, I still I want to give it a tie. I want to give it a tie. No, you already said Vertigo. Okay, this is what I'll do. I'll grade both of them. Okay. I'm going to give Vertigo a 99 out of 100, and I'm going to give Psycho a 98.9 out of 100. That's how close it is, and that's okay. how on the fence I am. Okay. I don't. I know I'm a coward. I no, should choose that, more strongly. No, that's fine. I'm biased because I love horror. So and I'm biased because I actually like noir yes. and and suspense and psychological thriller more than horror. Yes, exactly. But Vertigo just has so much in it that I can't wait to watch it again and unpack it. I guess we'll find out how you feel after the second viewing. Yeah, maybe we might have to come back next season and just quickly ask me again how I feel Psycho versus Vertigo. Yeah, because I've seen Psycho maybe 15 times and it never gets old to me. And and Vertigo I've seen maybe four times and yeah, as I said, I texted you yesterday. It's it drags a little bit, and yeah. I'm, it's kind of boring after a while. Maybe I'm maybe I'm saying Vertigo mostly just to put it close to the same platform as Psycho in terms of popularity. Kind of like I was doing with Batman Begins, where yeah. you know Psycho's the more popular one objectively. And, You're always and, going for the underdog. Uh, maybe I love an underdog. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, and also, we did say yeah, the genre thing. I think I yes. the suspense, the mystery behind behind Vertigo. I I think I like suspense and mystery more than I like horror. Which you do, and I like I horror do. more than I like any romantic drama. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Well. We both have opinions on these movies and which one is better, but... Yeah, we I, we don't have strong opinions. Well, they're not strong. Yeah. We love both of these movies. We, we have strong opinions in that we both strongly love these movies and strongly think these movies are perfect. Yes. But we don't strongly think one is better than the other. No. Maybe Maybe this is a dangerous game we're playing. Maybe man wasn't meant to play with fire like this. To, is maybe, our... Is our podcast uh, uh, mic going to burst in flames? Yeah, do you ever stop and think that maybe art isn't a competition and that this whole project we're doing is futile and life is meaningless? Every day of my life. But let us know what you think. Reach out to us on Twitter, on Instagram, at CinemaSmackdownPod, and let us know what you think. Next time, we go into the war movie. Ooh. Yeah, we're going to talk about Saving Private Ryan versus The Thin Red Line. I've I've heard of the Thin Red Line. I've heard the title, and it sounds very familiar. But I couldn't tell you who's in it. It's everyone, every actor that is. I'm not even sure I could tell you which war it's about. It's in the South Pacific. Um. Okay. Was it World War Two or the yeah, Korean World War Two? All right. I have another confession to make. I don't love war movies. I I think there are great ones, and I I love yes. the good ones. But it is not kind of like it's horror. a handful. Kind of like horror, it is not a genre that I flock to. Yes, but it's it's a handful of war movies that are extremely good. Yeah, and these two, I have to say, uh, are in that handful. Do you think it's close? Because I I feel like everyone loves Saving Private Ryan, but maybe a lot of people like me don't know the Thin Red. You'll Line. You'll probably go Thin Red Line because you love the underdog. Because I'm a contrarian, and maybe that's why we have this whole podcast. It's just so we can disagree. All I the would time. say that the Thin Red Line is a little bit more artistic. It is Terrence Malick, so it's it's a little bit more um, less on the nose than Saving Private Ryan. Well, well, that this is a preview of what you're going to get next week on Cinema Smackdown. Cinema Smackdown! All right. Hey, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.
Run, run. 